Hello everyone and welcome back to A Pinch of Pixie Dust, the podcast. I'm your host Alyssa. And I'm your other host, Mandy. And we are here to talk to you about all things Disney. As always. Yes. So for today's episode, we are going to be doing the continuation of What If Season 2. We are going to be talking about episodes 4 through 6 today. Um, so if you guys have not watched the show, or maybe you only watched the first three episodes, and you want to watch along with us, go over, watch those episodes, and come back so we can all discuss them. Okay, so in comparison to the first three. Yes. Did you like these, this three better, or the last three? Previous three. I did two. However, I will say episode six, it was interesting i really liked it i had some problems like actually taking notes about it which i'll get to when we get there but i did really enjoy six it was very unique and very different okay so i do agree the first well i'd say one and three were stronger than this well, batch but two, two was, was a little rough yeah two was awful so but i think overall the first three were better as well yeah which i was kind of disappointed because i thought it would go the other way and they would like build but it did not happen. No. So. I'm really rooting for the last three. Me too. I haven't watched them yet, so. Same. But I'm really rooting for them. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start with episode four. And episode four was titled, What If Iron Man Crashed Into the Grandmaster? I was kind of excited when I saw this title because I was like, all right, we have Iron Man. We have Grandmaster. I like both of those characters. Could be really Could good. Could be really good. No. No. Honestly, when I first started watching this episode, all I could think of was, oh my god, they made an entire episode about pod racing. And I don't know if you remember pod racing from Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> exactly. And that's all I could think of this entire episode, because basically it was pod racing, and I was just like, this is awful. They could have gone so many more directions than this. Yeah, I would say this one was probably the worst out of the butt. Like, it was a slog. It was rough. Yeah. Seriously rough. Yeah. But... Again, spoilers, we're going to get into it now. So we start with the Avengers, and in, it starts like in Avengers 1. So like back in New York when they're fighting everybody, mm-hmm. and Tony goes up into the like hole in space to yeah. take the nuke to save New York. But in this universe, Tony doesn't make it back to Earth. Like in the first one, he fell down and they like brought him back. In this one, he doesn't make it back to Earth. And they all think he's like dead, which is super sad. But he actually ends up on Sakaar, where the Grandmaster is. Yes. And he sees like a little news broadcast about himself, basically. And he sees Pepper on the news broadcast. And he was like, oh, she's okay. Thank God. Like, I need to get back to her. So that's how the episode starts. He wants to get back to Pepper. And the Grandmaster makes Tony stay for his birthday party, which I found kind of funny. And the way he does that is his, like, right-hand woman has this staff that, like, melts everything it touches. And so he touches this big statue and it melts. And Tony's like, eh, maybe I can stay for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) So they're watching, again, pod racing is what I'm calling it because that's basically what it was. And you notice that Valkyrie and Korg are two of the racers in the pod race. (laughs) Um, and I literally wrote, oh, pod racing. Yeah, she really did write that. I did. It's right there. It's right there in the notes. 
And during the pod racing, they released this elephant monster. I like how I don't know names of things. I just, like, make up names for stuff. Yeah, but I feel like they're good descriptors. Yeah, like, it's like an it, elephant monster. Yeah, I'd say it's accurate. Yeah. And so all the, like, racers that are left, because this is some brutal pod racing, they pretty much get destroyed. So anyone who's left have to go against this elephant monster. And Korg is ready to get, like, beat up by this elephant thing. And Tony goes on to the track to rescue Korg, but his suit isn't working because he got this, like, jelly stuff on him when he first got to Sakaar. So, in the meantime, Gamora comes onto the track to try to kill Tony while he's trying to save Korg. Korg, yeah. Because she, she's after Tony because he basically just destroyed her father's army. So, Thanos sends Gamora after him. And that's kind of where the pod racing ends for the time being, thank God, because no one wants to see that. It was, like, too much of... It was. It was way too much. So the Grandmaster actually captures Gamora, Korg, and Tony, and he puts them in a room. Tony and Korg manage to escape and leave Gamora trapped, but of course she escapes too, because, you know, she's awesome. And Tony decides he's going to save Sakaar, just like he saved Earth. And he recruits Valkyrie to help. So Tony challenges Grandmaster to a race for the planet. Gamora goes to the race basically because she's forced to, but also because she wants to kill Tony. Tony's car gets destroyed and his suit turns into another one, which was a really cool scene, actually. That was cool. Like, that was the one cool thing about the episode. Yeah. Tony tries to convince Gamora to get out of her father's shadow. You get more elephant monsters. Gamora does decide to save Tony, and the Grandmaster gets inadvertently melted by his right-hand woman. So, bye-bye, Grandmaster. And Tony leaves Valkyrie and Korg in charge, and he goes to go home. However, Gamora, and I have this in quotes, wants to bring him to Thanos. And then you cut to a scene where Tony is coming to see Thanos, and... Gamora turns on Thanos and helps Tony kill him. And that is the first episode. Or episode four, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, I would say the ending of that one wasn't, like, the worst. I liked the ending. I didn't like the pod racing, which is basically the whole, the whole thing. Episode. Yeah, so. Yeah. Just very, like, meh. Yeah, agreed. Meh. <laughs> Although, this one, I didn't find much better. Okay, here we go. So, episode five. What if... Captain Carter fought the Hydra uh, Stomper. Okay, so here's the deal. Before I even get into it, I gave this episode like a four and a half. Oh, no. Maybe a five. And maybe it's just because this is not my, like, thing. I'm not a big Captain America fan. I don't really, like, the movies are not for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not into war-based movie. Like, they're just not my thing. So maybe because this is basically Winter Soldier, I just wasn't you weren't into it into it. So maybe I'm being a little bit more rough on it, but like, sorry. Okay, so here we go. So Captain Peggy Carter and Natasha Romanoff find Steve Rogers inside the Hydra Stomper uh, armor, and he immediately attacks them. So the episode opens with literally a fight scene, which is great. Yeah. Um, a briefing with Nick Fury leads Romanoff to deduce that Rogers, who went missing in 1953, was captured and brainwashed by the Red Room. Carter and Romanoff help Brock Rumlow, 
uh, protect Bucky Barnes, which it was very weird to see Bucky as like a, uh, an old man. Yeah, I bet. Like, it was strange. I was like, who is that? <laughs> um, but they help protect him from Rogers, and basically they end up knocking Rogers out, and they take him to like a secret hideout in Scotland, where they learn that the suit is the only thing that's actually keeping him alive, but every time he reactivates it reduces his chances of survival. Oh. So he's basically like on his last... Last leg. Last leg. legs. And Peggy is just like, I can't lose him again. And this is like the entire episode. Oh no. Is her being like, I can't lose him again. I can't lose Steve. Like, I get it. You love him. It's hard. That kind of reminds me of like Frozen 2 when Anna the entire time is just like... I can't lose my sister. She's, I, she's my sister. I'm I like, love her. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a lot of like... Ugh. Anyway. Um, Rogers offers to help Carter and basically they want to take out the Red Room in hopes of finding a cure before, um, you know, he dies. He dies, right. Right. Uh, but... They end up getting stopped by these drones. Okay. So this was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. So it was like little like cutesy small town America. And like it was like these perfect housewives and like their husbands that go to work. But they were the scariest robot machines. Oh no. Like they had these like smiles like plastered on their faces. It looked like a horror movie. I hated it. Kind of reminds me of Pleasantville, but Pleasantville isn't really horror. But yes, like, yeah. yes. But like these things were like plastered. They were like, ah, ha, ha. In one scene, these two women are like walking a stroller and like there's a baby in it. And they're like, oh, a baby. It was so weird and so creepy. <laughs> I hated it. But like they like their hands open up. And, like, their fingers open, and they get, like, little laser blasters out of their hands, which, like, that was cool. Yeah. But the things were creepy. Did that reminds me of like Tony's them? suit, really. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but they get ambushed by these drones, and they fight their way out. While they're doing that, Black Widow is getting beat up by a bunch of other, like, widows. Mm -hmm. And her mom, uh, Melina Voskov. So, she is basically the one who is reactivating Roger's brainwashing. Yeah. So, while Romanoff holds off her forces, Carter reaches out to Rogers, who sacrifices himself to destroy the Red Room. But while this is happening, Natasha gets really smart, and she uses her little grappling hook to tie it around her mom's ankle, and as Rogers is flying into the air, so does she. And Rogers ends up blowing up the Red Room, so everybody dies. So he dies, the mom dies, the red room destroyed. And Peggy cries and she's like, oh my God, like I have to find Steve. He's dead. You're not, finding, You're not finding Steve. But anyway, randomly a portal opens and she is transported into a Renaissance themed universe. And basically we see variants of Fury and Wanda. Okay, so that was episode five. Yeah. It was fine. Like, more happens than pod racing. Yeah. Obviously. But I don't know. I just felt like, obviously, the townspeople are creepy, as I said. I couldn't stand, like, the, I have to be with Steve. Ah, Steve. Like, girl, get over it. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I felt like Natasha had more backstory 
in this single episode than she did in her own movie. That's kind of crazy. Than she did in, like, all of the movies of the Marvel Universe she was in. Like, Mm -hmm. it just... I don't know. Like, it was good in, like, the actions part of the show, but just very, like... Meh. Meh. Where do you think, like, the whole portals to the multiverse with, like, different versions of Fury and Wanda's going? I have no clue. So, I guess, from what I understand, that's episode eight and nine, so it's a two-parter. Okay. But, like, why are we in 1802? Like, I have no clue. (laughs) I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. In our next episode. (laughs) Yes. Okay, but before we get to that episode, we have to finish this one. Yes. Okay, so now we move on to episode six, which is called, What If Cohorti Reshaped the World? And Cahorti is actually a brand new Marvel character. Like, she's not from any of the comics. She's an original character specifically for What If. Which is really cool. It is very cool. And she is actually, um, like, her tribe is based off of the Mohawk tribe, which is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And in the episode, it's interesting because Cahorti and her people actually speak in the Mohawk language, is what I guess I would call it. Yeah. And... There's also Spanish conquistadors that come to America that speak Spanish. Oh. So the entire episode is subtitled. Oof, that's so, rough. Okay. So it was very interesting, actually. I enjoyed the episode. I just had a problem, like, taking notes while I was watching it. Because normally when I'm taking notes, I can still, like, listen because it's in English. But because I don't, I barely know Spanish and I definitely don't know Mohawk. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it was very hard for me to take notes, but I managed. It just took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I found this episode to be very interesting because it was neat to see an original character. So. What would you give it out of, like, ten? Out of ten, I would say, like, a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it was good. It was That's one fair. of my more, it was one of the better episodes for sure, because it was interesting to learn the backstory of this brand new character. And, I mean, you did just watch Pod Racing, and so, I, like, anything I, is better than Exactly. Pod so, maybe, like, my expectations were so <laughs> low that anything looked good. Yes! Not Pod Racing! <laughs> exactly. So anyway, we start off the episode with Ragnarok, and the Tesseract, went after Asgard is destroyed, is kind of like thrown into space. And you find out that it falls into the water near where the Mohawk tribe is. And there's this battlefield that they're not supposed to go near. It's forbidden. And, you know, everything's peaceful, everything's nice, until some Spanish conquistadors come And they basically burn the Mohawk village. That's upsetting. It is. And at the time, Cahorti and her brother, and his name is, let me find it, because I don't want to mispronounce it. I have like a little pronunciation guide here, if I can find it. (laughs) I can't. So we'll just say Cahorti and her brother right now. that's okay. Yeah. They're out near the battlefield whenever the Spanish come. So they are just catching, like, the tail end of them burning the village and, like, rounding up all the other residents. And basically, they're looking for the Fountain of Youth. So they think this Mohawk tribe knows where it is. And that's why they've come to this little village to try to figure out where it is. Okay. So... Oh, I found his name. Of course, now I find it. Of course. It. So anyway, Cahorte and Wata run away, um, and they fall into this pit where there's actually a lake underground. 
and the lake is glowing blue and you find out that's because the tesseract fell into that the water lake. And when they ran, the Spanish ran after them to try to catch them. Mm, okay. And Cahorti gets shot, and she falls into the lake, and Wati gets captured. That's upsetting. So then we follow, sorry, Wata, he gets captured. And you, we follow Cahorti at this point. And she goes into this new world, basically, mm-hmm. where all the people have powers because of the Tesseract. That's cool. Yeah, they can, like, jump really high. They can make things levitate. Like, they've got some pretty cool powers. From what I understand, she's supposed to be kind of like a Captain Marvel, almost. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so, Cahorti is trying to get home, but she keeps failing. And all the other villagers are kind of telling her, like, you're stuck here now. You know, you should, like, learn to live here. You know, it's great here. And Cahorti's like, no, this is a prison. Like, if I can't leave, it's a prison. So she eventually does become very powerful, and she does eventually escape. But we'll get there. Before that happens, we have something called the hunt. Okay. And basically, it's for fruit. And at first, you're kind of like a hunt for fruit. Like, they don't move. Like, why are we hunting fruit? But you find out that there's these, like, buffalo-like creatures, and the fruit's on their back. So when the buffalo wake up, they have to chase the buffalo, and they have to get the fruit off their back, which looks like little, like, blue gems almost. And, of course, Cohorty gets the most, and she wins. Um, In the meantime, the Spanish find the lake, and they're pulled in, and they're about to shoot all of the people with Cohorti, but of course they have powers, so that's not going to happen. Right. And Cohorti basically just sticks out a hand and stops all of the bullets, and then pulls all the guns towards her. You go, girl. Yep. And she is like, this is ridiculous, I'm going back, I'm saving my people. And she does. She basically pulls, like, puts her hand up to the sky and pulls the portal down to the ground and then just walks through it. But before she does, she's like, you know, if any of you believe in, like, what's right, you'll follow me and help. Mm -hmm. And, like, initially it's just her that goes through the portal. So you find out that the Spanish have kind of loaded up the Mohawk people onto a boat, and I guess they're going to take them back to Spain, maybe to be, like, laborers. It's not really clear why they're putting them on the boats, but that's kind of what you I think is happening. That makes sense, yeah. And Cohorti tries to save everyone, and she's doing a really nice job, but, like, there's just a lot of them. And so she kind of gets overrun. And then the rest of the people come through the portal and help her save her people. Aw, that's nice. And you find out that because they're so powerful and they're in this world, they're, like, creating world peace. Like, they're forcing, like, the Queen of Spain, for example, to, like, be peaceful and not, you know, try to take over places. And you find out that they are very successful. They have world peace within, like, super quick amount of time. Um, but then a portal opens, and Doctor Strange says he's been looking for Cohorti, and that's where the episode ends. Dun, dun, dun! So, it was very interesting. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds like it's the most. I have not seen episode six yet. I ran out of time watching these. That's actually what happened to me with episode five. I just skipped from four to six, since six was my episode. Yep. 
And so I missed five, so. I mean, that's not. I did miss some creepy villagers. <laughs> um, I definitely feel like, though, I missed a good episode. You did. Like I said, the, the hardest part was, like, getting used to the subtitles. And honestly, if I weren't taking notes, it wouldn't it have been even. Fine. Yeah, it wouldn't have been an issue. But because I was trying to, like, look down and up at the same time, it wasn't Doesn't working. Work. So, yeah. But I actually did enjoy this episode. Oh, good. I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah. So I enjoyed this episode. I think you'll like it. I'm sure I will. You know what else I think you'll like, Alyssa? What is that? Our listeners, of course. I do like them. Yes, and we want to thank them. Now, this is for listening to the episode, Witches and Wizards. Thank you to our listeners in Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada, Marcellus, Michigan, San Jose, California. Shout out to Minneapolis, Minnesota, Houston, Texas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you to Council Bluffs, Iowa, Magnolia, Texas. Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, and last but certainly not least, Beaver, Pennsylvania. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Well, everyone, that will do it for this week's episode. We want to know, did you like the first three episodes or the next three? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram. At a Pinch of Pixie Dust podcast. You can also email us at pinchofpixiedust at outlook.com. And until next time, guys, we hope your lives are full of faith, trust, and pixie dust. Bye, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.